0: Good morning, Miseo. Well, if you've been here for the last couple of weeks, um, you know that we are in a series that uh, we're talking about the Great Commission, and we're talking about uh, what it looks like for our church and our community in this day, this season, this time to uh, participate in the Great Commission further than we currently are, and what it looks like for us to be uh, in a season, really, of praying, discerning, discovering, uh, what that looks like, how and when and where God is leading us to take some next steps, uh, again, in partnering with him uh, in the work that he's already doing. Um, this morning, Hannah Cochran is with me. Uh, Hannah and her husband, John, are part of our community. They've been part of the Missio family for a good number of years now. Uh, and Hannah also fulfills the role of the in the Alliance Northwest as the Director of Missions Mobilization. Did I say that right, Hannah? Yep, yeah. <laughs> I I got that. Kind of a tongue twister. It is. Um, but yeah, this morning, as the video spoke to you, Uh, one of the key things we're going to highlight and talk about this morning is the work of our our greater alliance family Uh, you know a few weeks ago i kind of set the foundation and we looked at um the great commission in matthew chapter 28 where jesus stood before his disciples and he told them he said you know all authority in heaven and earth is is mine and i'm giving it to you and i'm sending you out so go and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit and know that i'm with you always even to the end of the age and then we looked also at um, the commission in a sense that was given uh, in acts chapter one verses eight Where he said that the holy spirit was going to come upon you and you'd be my witnesses in jerusalem judea samaria and all the ends of the earth and we talked about the the fact that it wasn't an or that was put in that statement that wasn't the conjunction but it was an and and an invitation for the church big c church to be participating in that commission but also that each local church is, is called to be fulfilling and engaging in the and aspects of that reaching in ever increasing spheres of influence for the gospel depending on how the Lord is equipped and empowered to do so and so yeah we're entering in a season where we're wanting to discern and figure out where and how that what that looks like for us as a community and last week uh Joel did a really great job of sharing what it looks like when individuals or communities go obedient with the Holy Spirit to a place to bring the good news. And he shared the story of how uh, over a hundred years ago, first Alliance missionaries actually landed in Vietnam. And in the midst of the war, they stayed and they humbly and graciously and incarnationally shared the gospel with the people of Vietnam and how that story has impacted not only his family, but hundreds, maybe thousands of families and thousands of Vietnamese people throughout the world. And just gave us a glimpse of what is the vision again, and what could the impact be when people and communities in obedience and in faith say, yes, Lord, we want to partner with you and how Joel's family and that testimony, he knows the Lord today because missionaries went over a hundred years ago to people group that was his family. And so this morning we want to talk more fully about uh, what is the work of the, the Alliance family throughout the world. Hannah's going to share a little bit about the history with us, but then more f- fully look at what are the four structures we call yeah, them yeah, yeah, um, yeah. that the Alliance has that is doing this work of sharing the gospel in the love of Christ throughout the world? So, would you guys, Hans, I mean, you here, would you guys welcome Hannah? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
1: I'm welcomed every week. Sometimes I welcome you. John welcomed you this morning. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's been such a gift to be a part of this community, and it's fun to be here and talk to you about what I do professionally. Um, So your church, as Dom mentioned, is a part of a greater um, network of churches all around the world, Um, but I specifically work here in Alliance Northwest, and so that's um, this region of the United States, and our office supports our churches, um, and we do mostly supporting your leadership, um, but also your churches when needed, and then I support all of our churches through missions mobilization I think I have the dream job uh, <laughs> just I'm a, a little biased but I get to encourage um, our churches to engage in what God's doing globally through the Alliance but I also get to help raise up leaders so if if there's someone who God is prompting to go and serve him um, churches usually contact me and then I get to be that support and so it's just it really is a dream job I feel so blessed and I feel blessed because I believe in what the Alliance is doing. I, I am constantly honored to be a part of a family that cares so deeply um, for those who have never heard the gospel and don't know Jesus. So being part of a family that is intentional and in going to hard places like you heard Bowher share is just, is just a gift for me. The Alliance, we started um, in the late 1800s and it was all about deeper life and mission. So it started in New York reaching the immigrants that were coming in on the docks. And from there, it like instantly started to go out. And so the Alliance has been descending organization, denomination, whatever you wanna call it since the inception of it. Um, and it has always been about going to those who have little to no gospel access. We're not a huge denomination, we're not a huge mission sending organization, but we're very strategic in what we feel God has called us to. And so that is just a little glimpse into why I feel just honored to be able to serve and be a part of it. Yeah, so this morning we're gonna talk a little bit about um, what we do today. So the Alliance has over 2,000 US churches. So that's not including all of our churches around the world. And then we have 700 international workers serving in 70 countries. Uh, Over half a million Alliance believers worship in more than 38 languages and dialects. So it's it's kind of fun to know. And even actually in the States, we, are quite diverse in our uh, churches that are here. So it's just fun to be a part of a family that um, is really a reflection of what God has for us in heaven. So that's just my little thought. So um, yeah, I'm trying to think where we're going to next or where the slides are, they're there. They
0: are. Oh, right Tell here. us a little about the places where, you know, if you want to do the slide that, that has the map that shows mm, where the yes. concentration mm. of workers are. You, you and I had talked about that and that was, Yes, yeah, yeah,
1: so there's a lot on here, and so don't I'm not expecting you to read this all (laughs) what I wanted you to see, though, um, back to what bow was saying with um, going to the hard places we have almost all of our 80% of our alliance workers living in the remaining part of the world where there is little to no gospel access so where there is no really established church. And so um, we're just very strategic about going to those places. We do have workers all, all over the world, so it's not everyone is there, but um, we're just looking at very specific people groups and trying to be intentional about where we send our people. And so it's pretty, it's pretty fun to see and be a part of something where we're going to reach those who don't know Jesus. And so, oh, go ahead.
0: <laughs> As the workers are there, you had shared that there's kind of three main focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're,
1: you're. Yeah, we have three strategic ke- strategic themes. Wow, that's a tongue twister like my role. <laughs> um, they are serving communities, multiplying church networks, and developing people. And so everything that the Alliance do does kind of falls into those three strategic themes. Um, And we do that specifically through four unique structures of the Alliance, and so that's what I am excited to just kind of give you a picture of each structure and what that looks like. The reason why we have different structures, it's kind of funny to call it like that because these are people that I'm like picturing as I'm saying the word structure, um, people in ministries. But we have those because it takes unique and different ways to provide gospel access in different parts of the world. So we need to be um, diverse in just what our ministries look like and how we reach. And the reality is is that there's different needs in different communities. So you have to tackle um, what God's calling you to, um, and that just depends on what the place looks like. So um, let's talk about the first structure. Um, the first one is called access, and this one is our. When you probably think of like a missionary, you're thinking of a traditional church planning type worker. Um, our access workers are their whole goal is to establish churches, to establish a group of followers of Jesus, and so these workers are really intentional to develop and um, and support the church. These workers are oftentimes going to places where the church isn't. If we have access workers where there is a church, they're actually coming alongside the church to help strengthen it. I think the Senegal video talked a lot about that last week if you were here. Um, These workers uh, are always serving on teams. Actually, almost almost all of the the structures that we'll talk about today were serving on teams. It's kind of rare that we just send someone all on their own a good example of an access worker that i'm excited to share with you about i don't know some of you who know me know john and i went to cambodia last fall and we were specifically going to visit the alliance work there and all of our workers are um with access and so they're doing different things some are um coming alongside the church we have a couple who is uh working with muslims and so she's actually a tb specialist and he's a church planter and they're a dream team there (laughs) and then uh, we have another worker her name is joyce johns and she's a nurse and she actually was on home assignment uh last year which means she was here in the states and i have had her come to our office and just share with my team about like tell us about what you do and she was she's um she's a little older, and she's a kind of a petite woman, and she's like, well, I just go, and I provide um, nursing to just various communities, and the Alliance has moved her very specifically to other places, and as we were asking questions, like, tell us more about that, it came to like the realization that everywhere that she's lived, a church has been established. And so um, my coworker, Micah, who um, oversees church planning in the Northwest, He's like, Joyce, it kind of sounds like you're a church planter, and she was like, no, I'm a nurse, (laughs) and he's like, well, I don't know about that. It looks like the church is established everywhere you live, and she goes, I just do what God's told me to do, and it was just so sweet, and that's what she's doing. She's faithfully serving God, and he is using her to provide gospel access um, in Cambodia. So that's just a little glimpse and a picture into access. The next one, if you want me to just keep diving right in, (laughs) um, is KAMA. KAMA is our relief and development arm of the Alliance. It stands for Compassion and Mercy Associates. And these are um, individuals and teams that go in when there is a disaster. And so this is our um, team who will follow wars or um, natural disasters and bring relief and development. But we're not like, I'm trying to think of other relief agencies. We're not like a government relief agency um, that has, you know, helicopters flying in. We're we're a little bit more um, looking at the long-term and how can we help bring about some development to follow that. A good example of this actually is a family that is, I just saw them last week, I was grabbing lunch with them, which is why I was telling Dom about them. Peter and Sarah Lee and their three kids, they serve in Mongolia, and they're, they just spent their first four years there, and he was telling us about how in Mongolia they offer a lot of relief, but the goal is, is that as they also offer tools and job skills that provide development to the country that the relief part will start su- to subside. So they won't always have to do relief because the country and the people can start to care for themselves. The Lees are really uh, just a fun couple to talk about because they were sent out in 2020. So we all know what that year means. <laughs> it was a, It's a tricky year to be sent out as missionaries and they could not actually get into Mongolia. So they landed in South Korea. They had years before um, had both been in Mongolia, so they had a couple of connections. And just through those connections, during COVID in South Korea, they helped the the very small churches, there's not a huge faith community in Mongolia, but they helped those churches see a need in um, their communities. Uh, so what they did was they encouraged the local churches to um, bring some relief to people who were living in, um, a, I guess the only way I can describe it is the garbage dumps. There's people who are really poor living in these places. And the churches would bring in relief supplies and offer services to them, and the leaves are just doing this from South Korea, and I was like, you guys are awesome, keep it up. Um, Now they're there and they're teaching different job skills and there was some flooding this summer, and so they've been here in the States this summer, but they were helping um, organize some relief uh, to people who were affected by that. And Mongolia is one of those hard places. Does anyone know anything about Mongolia? No, maybe a couple of us. I asked them to just describe Mongolia. And it is like winter time from September to like June. Like and I've been following the weather. You can add different countries' weather, so or cities, and it's like often below zero, freezing there. And then people burn coal, and so it has horrible air, like they're just constantly breathing in horrible pollution. And so the Lees, they are clearly called to Mongolia. I know that and I've seen that. And then just to even hear that they're serving in one of those hard places that I don't typically think of when I'm thinking of missions. Um, I just, I'm pretty inspired by that couple. So, Ooh, I'm talking a lot. You're doing great. I, like
0: I just want to sit down and let you continue to do that. Kind of, would you tell us the tell us the next uh, structure um, that where we have people yeah. from market ministries? Tell yeah, us about that.
1: So marketplace ministries um, is like our business is mission. I think that's maybe the more popular term. Um, so like BAM. Uh, so these workers have most of them have jobs in countries. A lot of them are in places that we couldn't get in as even relief or as traditional church planting. I mean, so these workers, uh, I'll just share an example so you can get a picture in it. We have the sweet girl from Yakima who works, um, well, actually I'll tell you about that, her first. So she worked, she's from Yakima and she felt God calling her to missions, but she also felt like she really wanted to go to somewhere where there was little to no gospel access. And as she was processing through that, realized that she wanted to get a business degree so that she could go in and offer some skill training and that kind of, I mean, she's like was young, like in her early 20s. And so she went through all of that and she got connected with a software development company in India. And so she moved to India and she's been working at this software development company company. She's led her landlords to Christ. She started um, alpha groups uh, at her company. And actually, she just got married to a local pastor now and is even being more intentional in what ministry looks like as a team now. So pretty cool. I love her. Some other examples, though, of marketplace ministry. We've got um, an ESL. I'm just going to tell you about our Northwest people. Because that's who I know the best—the people from the from the Northwest. But we have an ESL teacher in China. We have a principal in Thailand. We have a teacher in Kenya, and we have this really fun, kind of quirky couple who is reaching the Sudanese in Egypt. Super CAC—they're—they're they're actually establishing a church there. Um, that's just a kind of a glimpse into some of our marketplace ministry workers when you say super
0: cac, CAC oh yeah so closed access country y- yes it, right? yeah so,
1: so. sorry yeah. insider language it's never helpful <laughs> whoa sorry yeah
0: and then share with us about the last structure and the last structure i know is near and dear to your heart because you actually yeah time through envision yeah, yeah, yeah. so tell us about that
1: yeah so envision is our more short-term structure they really work to um like through interns and residents so if somebody wants to give their like um like a shorter term or they're trying to discern is god calling me long-term admissions envision's a great pathway for that i actually ended up being one of the first envision interns probably a resident actually they didn't they didn't classify me um in burkina faso over 10 years ago um, and I, that was a key time in my life and like such a good use of two years <laughs> like i'm praise god that he led me on that path because it really really was something he used to shape who i am today um so envisions just a great avenue for people who are interested in giving more time to ministry uh, you can go as an intern, as I said, or a resident and they have sites all over the world and even in the United States. Most of our U.S. sites work with refugees and immigrants. Um, yeah.
0: Tell us about a little bit about the fruit of of Burkina Faso. We were at National Conference at the yeah. end of May yeah,
1: and
0: yeah, we yeah. were celebrating some centennials, mm-hmm. places where the Alliance has had workers now for 100 years and then even yeah. for 50 years. but. Burkina was one of the places where it was 100 years, A 100 years, 100 years. So I think we had a
1: a picture from that. Yeah, so that's the president of Burkina Faso with um, a current international worker who is serving in Burkina. Andrew is his name. Uh, Burkina celebrated its 100 years of uh, the alliance providing gospel access. I don't want to say they hadn't had it before, but my guess is they had little. if because we went there. Um, it's pretty exciting to see how God is moving. And also a little, I mean, I shared this with, to you on the phone. It's a little kind of dicey right now with terrorism in Burkina Faso. So the Alliance has actually pulled most of our international workers out because of that. But the church is so strong and stable and continuing to um, share Jesus with those in their communities. And this is Hannah speaking, not the Alliance speaking, but it did kind of remind me of what we saw in the book of Acts where um, persecution broke out, but it was God used that to spread the gospel out of where they were. And I kind of wonder if um, the Alliance had done what God had called us to um, in Burkina, and so he pulled us out, because now those workers are in different areas around um, West Africa that's Hannah speaking, not the Alliance, not as an official Alliance
0: representative, but. But it even speaks towards like the three, uh, not the structures, but the three kind of themes Mm -hmm. in terms of developing of people. Yeah. Establishing
1: the churches, yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, and then we can pull out because mm -hmm. the local people now are following Jesus faithfully. They have sustainable churches and handing it over to the local people, yeah, Yeah. beautiful.
1: Yeah, yeah. In fact, Burkina has their own um, comma, it's called AXIDUS. I don't know what it stands for in French, um, but it has it's some acronym as the Alliance loves to do, even in French. <laughs> um, and so they send relief and development to their communities, which is pretty neat. And actually, just a plug to that, we are sin- seeing our Alliance churches mobilizing people in other countries, not just the US. So even in Cambodia, Joyce has received her first missionaries from the Cambodian church. So these they're learning a new language and moving to a different part of Cambodia. It's pretty cool.
0: Speak, speak more about that. One of the things we talked about was like the qualification mm-hmm. of people to go and how the alliance sends so that yeah. it's done in a way of health yes. uh, and sustainability. Yeah. And so talk a little bit about what kind of training these our iws have international workers have.
1: yeah uh to be honest it's actually pretty hard to serve with the alliance when it comes to the process to actually get over there if you want to go right away envision will get you there and train you but to work especially with access or our more traditional one um we want to make sure that people um do provide gospel access without bringing harm to the people group or the country. And so that means having a better cultural awareness of what you're stepping into, making sure, so we make sure that our people are well-trained, also that they know the gospel and the Bible well, because we're sending pastors who are in some cases bringing the gospel message for the first time to a community and um, so we're just really strategic and a little picky to make sure that we're doing that well um, and so there's theology and language where always international workers are learning the local language most of them have to learn at least two actually because even like our workers in senegal have to learn french but then there's the local dialect as well so we have language study and then cross cultural training so yeah that's awesome i don't want to deter you though if god is calling you because we will help you take the steps um to serve with us and um that's my favorite part of my job so (laughs) yeah
0: no thank you for saying that plug even for the individual like who might be sensing and over the last couple weeks there have been a few conversations where people have said as we were talking about this Mm -hmm. as a church I forgot I kind of had this dream or Mm -hmm. I forgot that at one point that was what my heart felt led to before I you know did something else but um yeah really a big part of this journey and the goal of, of this great Commission series is really to talk about where and how again is God calling us as a community together to take some next steps. Again, we we have some international partnerships. We have some different missions engagement, but really the heart is is that we felt as a leadership was to yeah again how are we engaging holistically as a community in either sending or giving or praying um, or maybe short term partnership trips again through the alliance family that we are a part of that is involved and has this rich history and is training up people well in these different places. And so I asked Hannah to come today to really share about those four structures so that we as a community. Get a picture and a sense of what some of the possibilities and options are, Mm -hmm. and so um, the next steps really for us as a community. um, If you've been around last few weeks, you've heard me say this: that we're going to enter into a season of really just just prayer and discerning. And so the month of September, we're going to take it. And I'm inviting us as a community to to pray and fast together. Uh, In the lobby today, there is a calendar of the month of September and there's some instructions back there but what i'm asking us to do is again similar to the when we were entering this season when we felt like god was discerning us to find a home find a building find a place we did a month of prayer and fasting and so there's a calendar back there for the month of september and i want us to take this month to seek god's heart and god's direction for us and so what i'm asking us to do if you're part of the missio family or if you're a guest and you want to engage too you're welcome but would you pick a day in September where you would say, I'm going to sign my name here, and I'm going to write my email down, and I'm going to commit for that one day to pray and to fast. And the fasting piece, you can choose what it is you want to fast from. But would you pick a day that says, I'm going to spend some time in the morning, some time at midday, some time at night to prayerfully listen. And all, there's, there'll be, there's further instructions at the table, and you'll get further instructions um, once you sign up. Um, but then what we're going to do is, is create a, a response form as well. That as you pray that day and as you listen that day, that you can then send in an email and and respond and say, here's kind of what I sensed. Here's the things that I felt like Holy Spirit was uh, impressing upon my heart, upon my mind, upon my thoughts. And what we're going to do at the end is we're going to kind of collate that, if you will. We're going to take a look and see what are the things that God impressed upon us. So kind of what I'm leading you to to, is to say, this is a pretty open-handed process. We're not here saying we've already picked. Where we're going we, we're not saying we've already picked which of these structures we, we believe in, and i just need you guys to come along what i'm saying is i believe that we're at a place of maturity as a community where we can discern together through prayer and through listening where where and how is the spirit of god moving and stirring in us to a specific place or people or issue in a sense in the world where we believe collectively we're hearing And in obedience and in faith and in trust just going okay lord this is where we want to begin to take a step to partner with you in the great commission and being part of acts 1 8. listening to the spirit being empowered by the spirit to go jerusalem judea samaria ends of the earth so that others might come to know the love and the goodness of jesus christ okay so today that's your action step would you that's your application today is would you would you go to the calendar write your name down on a date and um you'll get more instruction from that but to wrap us up this morning, though, um, because I really believe that, that prayer is going to be central in this, I've asked Hannah to lead us in a few minutes of prayer this morning. In response to what we've seen over the last few weeks, in response to what we've seen and heard this morning, um, we want to spend a little time to pray, and so, mm-hmm. Hannah, would you lead yeah. us in that?
1: Yeah, and yeah, the Alliance will often hear that prayer is the primary work of God's people, um, and so we get an opportunity this morning to pray and do that work that God's called us to. And so um, I'm gonna stretch this a little bit. So I'd, what I would like to ask is that with maybe the row behind or in front of you or a group of people around you that w- you would find some people t- and pray together. And we're gonna work through um, these three areas. So go ahead and find one and then quickly introduce yourself if you don't know. <laughs> and then let's pray starting off for gospel access. Um, And then thinking about those international workers who have gone to hard places, the reality is is that anyone who's leaving their home and going somewhere unfamiliar is going to a hard place because it's not familiar. But let's lift those people up right now for for a minute or two um, and let's pray for them.